0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM.
1: Yes, queen. <laughs> tell us
0: what's the, uh-huh. what's the vibe. There's some damsels in the DM. Uh-huh. you? Hey, please tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. DMs, DMs. Yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah.
1: It's going down in the
0: DMs. Bye. Hello and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. And I'm Ash. And today we are here with Anika Rochon, who is a dating coach and matchmaker. Hello, Anika. Hi,
2: so happy to be here today and chat with you guys about some dating and love advice. So excited to be here.
1: We are excited to chat about that. As everybody knows, this is our favorite topic because we are a <laughs> dating podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Before we get into anything, though, I need to clarify something. Are you tuning in from Thailand right now?
2: I am tuning in from Thailand right now, yes.
1: (laughs) That is amazing. What are you doing in Thailand?
2: I'm living. I'm living and I'm working. I've actually lived here before for about a year and a half. I did a lot of traveling. I'm a big traveler. And I just thought it was time for me to come back. And I kind of just go where the wind kind of blows me and it blew me back here for the moment. And uh, who knows where it will blow me next, maybe LA, maybe New York.
0: But you're originally from New York.
2: Originally from New York, yes.
0: Got it. And then I, I've, as a fellow dog mom, I have to clarify, where is your golden retriever? This beautiful golden retriever.
2: <laughs> I actually love that you even know who Charlie is because I think he's famous and I think he is the most amazing thing in, the, in this world. Um, He is back in Pennsylvania. He's with my parents. Um, But yes, he is someone who has been in all my photo shoots. And I love that people actually recognize the golden retriever. I even dyed my hair so that we can match. So clearly, I love them that much.
1: How long are you going to be in Thailand for? Or and how long have you been there now?
2: So I actually got here about two weeks ago. And I would say anywhere between six months to a year. I, I'm a, I'm a digital nomad, so I love to, like, change up my scene and kind of try new things. So, I mean, that can even change as well. But I like to give myself at least six months to, like, be somewhere, um, enjoy the people around me and the things that I want to do, and then pick up and change my my location.
0: So, Thailand, have you learned the language at all, like, when you go to these different places?
2: So, Thailand, I've been... I've been here for a while. Um, It's definitely not the easiest language to learn. I mean, I know like very simple things like how to say, you know, chicken when I'm ordering or like hello or thank you or things like that, but I cannot have a conversation and, but there are definitely ways that you can just immerse yourself in the culture and almost use like your body language and your energy to make a transaction or to show that you appreciate someone or you're being respectful those are just things you, I think you pick up while you're traveling as well you kind of know how to I guess immerse yourself without having to know how to speak the language yeah. Yeah.
1: so while we dive in can you tell the audience a little bit about you how you became a matchmaker and a dating coach and how that's going
2: yes So I'm a professional matchmaker. I work with a company called Three Day Rule. It's a boutique uh, matchmaking company. We have clients from New York to
1: LA. You hear um, this, Ash? Yeah, I hear it. Sign me up.
2: (laughs) So yeah, we we are definitely, you know, very infiltrated in the states. And then I also have my own day coaching business on the side. And that, I mean, I have clients all over the world. Um, But my specialty is like self-confidence building as well as breakup therapy. So those are the two things I focus on with my gay coaching business. And um, and yeah, I'm writing a book right now. It's actually a self-help book. And it's focusing on the breakup therapy that I've actually been like creating over the past year or so. And, you know, and that's also kind of why I'm here in Thailand, because I just wanted to be somewhere where I felt like I can be creative and just relax and then also continue to write my book. And, you know, it's going great. I love what I do and I got into it because I've always loved giving advice. And I feel like it's something that people can always relate to. And it makes me feel like I'm giving back, but in my own stylish way, I guess you could say.
0: So what would you say was your inspiration for getting into this field? Like, how do you come across being a matchmaker?
2: That's actually really funny. I've, I've always been a job hopper. I guess it kind of comes honestly because I'm a digital nomad now. But, um, you know, being in New York City, there was always so much opportunity. So when I graduated college, I was into like working in PR. Then I kind of went to events and then I kind of went through just general communication jobs. And then I kind of jumped into the entertainment industry. And at that point, I realized I definitely like you know, helping people, but also having a platform to help people and basically being in front of the camera. So I'm like, how can I find something that kind of encompasses all all of that? And I kind of just, the the matchmaking thing just fell into my lap. I saw a job posting one day. Um, A friend of mine actually ended up working um, at a matchmaking company and it wasn't for her. She ended up in sales, but it was something that I thought was so interesting. And I kind of just kept going. And that's kind of how I ended up here. And it's, I've never looked back ever since. I definitely think this is what I'm meant to do.
0: So what do you look for when you're making a match and when you're not making a match? Like, I'd love to hear some green flags and red flags on matchmaking.
2: You know, that's actually funny that you say that because I think it's very dependent on the person and what they're looking for. Everyone is looking for something different. So, you know, it's funny, I have been the social media thing where people are posting like little red flags or like green flags as well. and you're not going to repost every single one that you see because that may not be a red flag for you. So for instance, I think that attachment style, like that's a really, a really important thing that I think people are just starting to understand about themselves. And it's like, are you someone who is like always wants to be with your partner? Or are you someone who like definitely needs their space? And there's really never a, a good way or a bad way to be. It's just how you are. So it's about finding someone that meshes with you and your attachment style. So maybe someone who likes to, you know, have a lot of, of their own space. Maybe that is a red flag for you if you're someone who likes to be next to each other all the time. But then, of course, then there's like the general red flags in terms of like not being emotionally available or not wanting something serious if they're signing up for a dating app. So anything like that of course is a red flag, but in terms of just like specifications it's very dependent on the person and what they're looking for.
1: As a matchmaker, what do you feel about dating apps?
2: Well, I'm the type of matchmaker where I'm I'm like the romantic. I think that everybody will find someone. I truly do believe that and I think that as weird or as specific as we feel like we are or we want in a partner I think that if we just kind of follow where we're supposed to be kind of pushed then we will find that person who's a perfect match for us I also think that there's more than one soulmate so I don't think that it's kind of like if you miss your trains then you'll never meet your person you'll never be happy I think that There are multiple souls that we are meant to connect with throughout our lives. And it's my job to help people find those people. But dating apps wise, I think however you feel like you should go about finding your partner, you should do it, but only do it. If you feel like you're comfortable with it. I have people who say, Oh gosh, this dating app is so annoying or swiping is so, if you have that attitude, then yes, get off the app because you should not be bringing that energy to the table. If you're swiping, if you're like, oh oh my gosh, this guy's so cute. Oh, this would be a fun day. Oh, this is like a fun time. Then yes, you should be on the dating apps because you're bringing positive energy. And that's with everything that you do with dating. And that's what I kind of try to tell my clients on a daily basis. It's you have to bring the energy to whatever you want to do in a positive way. Because if you put positive energy towards it, positive things will come out. And negative energy, negative things will come out. So same with dating apps.
0: I'm curious because you brought up attachment styles and I was in a conversation recently with somebody who's an older millennial and they were really like poo-pooing the conversation on love languages and attachment styles. And then I was in a conversation with another younger millennial and they were like, yeah, our relationship is so successful because we know each other's love languages. So I'm curious, like in your perspective as a matchmaker and a dating coach, how important do you think knowing your partner's attachment style or your own love language, if you're looking for a partner, how important do you think that is, and do you see a difference in the success of relationships by acknowledging those or not acknowledging those?
2: That's a really great question, and I think it's very interesting that you mentioned like almost kind of like a millennial versus like a generation's year. Because I I do think that people have become a lot more self aware, um, and to me, I think that that's what knowing your attachment style is and knowing what your love language is. It's not meaning that you're Feeding into the foo foo of whatever, it means that you're just being self aware. And mm. to be self aware will only bring success to your relationship. So, I definitely think that, yes, 100%, I do see a lot more success with people who know what they're looking for, know what their attachment style is, know how they are in relationships, and what they want from their potential partner or what they're dealing with from their partner. So. To me, all of these categories, all these things, whether it's even knowing an astrology sign, it doesn't really matter. It's just being self-aware and taking Mm -hmm. the time to know yourself because the more you know about what you want, the easier it is for you to figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing when they're going into the dating
1: Well, I am the only single host on Damsels in the DMs and I have been dating around just, you know, trying to I'm at that stage, you know, I'm I think or I like to think I'm super self-aware and I'm at that stage where I'm just like, it's really easy for me now to weed out the bad and know what I don't want. So I already know what I don't want. And when I meet guys, it's, it feels like we, we click, you know, the first couple of dates, like they check off all the boxes and their personality checks out, but then like it just slowly dissipates. Like it just, it, it fizzles out. And I don't know why that happens. Maybe it's an LA thing. Maybe, you know, like everyone's too far apart to plan out dates or have the time and energy and effort to drive 45 minutes for a date. What makes a relationship successful?
2: I think even realistically region and where you're located and the types of people and mentalities that you're dealing with has a lot to do with the success of you know relationships so i've lived in la for about two years i also have a lot of clients in the california area from san francisco to la um silicon valley and there it's very different than you know my situations with my clients in philadelphia and dc and in new york and i say that to say there is i have noticed personally and professionally there is a little bit more of a peter pan syndrome that goes on in that area and that also has a lot to do with just the types of careers that people tend to be in they're a little bit more career oriented so the people tend to be a little bit more quicker to replace things because that's kind of how you know they're kind of always on the go so you have to think about also location wise and that's why you have people in the middle of the country and what do they do? They get married and have kids because it's like this is kind of what you do in that in those areas. You have more time to do that. I also think that there is a lot to do with distance. You did mention before, like 45 minutes for a date. A lot of people really just are lazy and it's as simple as that. Now, is that an excuse? No. Um, I think that when you find the right person, they will fly to another country to see you. I don't think that distance really has anything to do with it, but in the beginning stages when you are meeting people, um, and I think this is also a tough time in terms of age uh, where people are, finally like exploring like the different opportunities that they have out there. And especially after COVID, a lot of people are getting out of relationships and they're, you know, getting into new relationships. So there's a lot of movement around. A lot of people are finding themselves right now. So I would say it really has nothing to do with you. The way that people act and the way they operate is always a reflection on them. And I think that the right person will put in the effort regardless of the location. I do think that there's, you just have a lot of factors going in there from like, you know, age and COVID and then, you Mm -hmm. know, where we're at and then location, there's a lot of things going on, but I think that you having the right mentality and knowing what you want is the first step.
1: Cool. So I'm there. You're there. I just need to move to Kansas. really interesting too,
0: because I also feel like you hear people complaining like, oh, it's a particular city. If I just move to another city, like then my problems will be solved. And I always was like hesitant about that. Like, does it matter the city? So that's such an important perspective. I also wanted to ask you because we touched on self-awareness. And when we first talked about you and talked about some of the things that we wanted to discuss, we talked about developing confidence in dating. I feel like self-awareness ties into confidence but i also feel like we get so many letters that are like i feel like i'm super confident in myself um so why is dating not working out for me so i'm curious like how can you actually tell whether you are your best self and putting forth your best self in dating and being sure that you really are confident in your dating profile whether that's online or in person
2: i think that's a great question because you know, with a lot of my, my clients, when I'm working with like their self-confidence building, I think that I have the people who are very open with the fact that they are working on their confidence or they're not there yet. And then I have the people who almost kind of think that they're there already. And then that's kind of where the problems arise. So yeah. I think that they're. An issue with fake confidence, meaning people think you gotta like fake it till you make it, but it really is inner work. It really is a daily thing, a daily thing you have to continue to work on in terms of whether it's you know working on your health, your mental health, or your physical health, or you know, whatever it may be to make you a better person, working on your career, your family, your other relationships. It's a daily struggle for everyone. And I think that people think it's like one day you wake up confident and you're supposed to have success in the dating game. There are millions of confident, successful women that are single and being single does not equate to not being successful. It just means that that is where your lifestyle is at this current time. And I think making the active choice to say, you know what, I like to be single, then that's perfectly fine. But if you choose to be in a relationship, I think it's also about being patient as well. I'm all about the energy. If you put out that positive mindset and you put out that positive energy, I do feel like it will come for you. I think it's also about not waiting around and putting your life on hold and waiting for that to happen. You have to live your life because if you're living your life, it will come and sweep you up when you least expect it.
0: How do you tell your clients and not me asking for a friend or your friends that they may not be their most confident selves in dating, even though they think they are very confident. Not adding anyone at all right now.
2: <laughs> I think that that's why relationships and your tribe, you know, who you surround yourself by is really important because it's one thing to be self aware. Um, it's another thing to have a tribe that also knows how to basically let you know that, you know, there are some things that you should be working on that you don't realize. Um, And I think it takes, again, a lot of self-work to even surround yourself and make sure that you have friends that, you know, call you out on your shit um, or family members that do that. But um, if you were in a situation where you felt like, you know, my friend's saying that she's confident, but I'm actually noticing that she's not as confident as she thinks that she is. I think the best way to go about it is honesty and that's kind of relationships across the board. Use an example that didn't work out for them and kind of use that almost like a medicine of, hey, you know, this is maybe why it didn't work out. Maybe you should try this, you know, use something that is tangible to them so that they can understand you know, maybe why you feel like they're not where they think they are. But I think the best way to go about it, again, is just being honest and letting someone know like, hey, you come, you could come as a more positive version of yourself or this version of yourself. But um, having that tribe, not everyone has that, which is why self-work is very important because not everyone has a whole group of friends to kind of remind them you're not where you thought you were.
0: So in the relationships that you have seen work out, what do you think has made them so successful? Sp- particularly in the ones that you've put together.
2: Communication. And that's always number one in honesty. So I think that people have a, a particular way of dating where you know we always put on our best self when we go on that first date. And that's perfectly fine. However, you should always be your you know most authentic self as well and there's a way to do that and also put on your best self. I think that people think putting on your best self almost means putting on a mask. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening is you know you end up falling into this particular persona and then you get into this relationship a little bit later then they say, "Oh, you've changed or, you know, this is these are not my expectations." And I think that's another thing, communication because you have to say what your expectations are at the beginning. Uh, a lot of people don't ha- like having those conversations because it's a a little awkward and, you know, it's pressure, but that's kind of why matchmaking works a little bit better than the apps, because we're asking straight up, you know, how do you feel about topics like this? Where do you lie on this particular life decision? And when you already know where your core values lead, then you can only just work on the connection. And it makes a lot, things a lot less heavy because that's all you're working on is just connection. Do we buy rather than am I going to wake up one day and realize they're on the opposite side of the political party or they're, you know, the opposite side of, you know, my thoughts on religion. Those are the things that I feel like almost defeat relationships that could have been great. It's not having that open communication and setting your expectations at the beginning.
1: I'm curious, the men who come to you um, for date, if you have any male clients um, as a dating coach, or even the guys that come and sign up for um, three-day rule, what are they looking for? Because I know single girl problems, you know, I have a lot of single girlfriends, and we all talk about our own single problems. And it's kind of the same thing. We kind of, you know, it's like, a, it's a very common theme that's going on with girls. So I'm very curious to know, like, what are guys dealing with? And what are they looking for?
2: Yes. Um. So I actually have uh, a lot of male clients. And they're actually my favorite to be completely honest with you um i don't know if i just was lucky and i ended up getting really great male clients but i would say what they're looking for is usually again it's specific to what they're looking for so i have one client who's really into sports so he would like a female who actually enjoys you know watching the game and stuff like that and i have another client who has his own business so he wants someone who's very like entrepreneurial but i guess across the board um of course regardless of the specifics they're always looking for someone kind that is like one thing that i can honestly say i hear from every man someone kind someone kind and then also someone who is positive they're they're looking for like that positive energy and i think that a lot of times women tend to put a lot of pressure on the relationship And I think that that is kind of almost what stresses out the male. I I do think that there should be some expectations, of course, but I think what men, especially I would say in like the 30 to 40 age range, the issues that I hear that they always are coming to me with is, you know, I'm looking for someone who doesn't put too much pressure on this relationship. I just want to see if it grows naturally. And I think that a lot of times with women, because we have different things that we're worried about, meaning biological clock, this, this, and that, we tend to put a lot more pressure on the relationships and men can kind of date with ease. Mm -hmm. But, you know, kind and just someone who is willing to just organically grow the relationship, I would say are like the two most important things. But, and then of course, physically, that is something that depending on what they're looking for, what their type is, that's what they'll describe. But personality-wise, being kind and being a positive person is is really, you know, probably the top two that I hear every day.
0: With matchmaking, is there a certain point in people's like dating careers that you advise them to get into matchmaking? Because I know that matchmaking is definitely an investment, right?
2: It definitely is an investment. You're investing in yourself. And what I also like to explain to people is that, you know, with matchmaking, when you're paying for the service, you're not just paying for us to like swipe for you. You know, we're actually vetting these people. We're basically going on a date with these people (laughs) first. to see like, are they worthy of your time? Because we we want you to have success as well. That's the whole point that you're signing up for this, but it's also a growing experience. So a lot of people actually come back to me and they may not find someone through the process and then they'll find someone like a month later and they'll reach out to me via text and they'll be so excited. and They'll say, Anika, remember when I was like panicking over, like when guys do this and I took your advice and now like, you know, I'm in a really great relationship and I just want to say thank you. So we have that all the time. Clients are coming back and they're saying like, wow, what I've learned about myself or what I've learned about what I need or what doesn't work for me, I've learned through this process. Because there's a, we ask a lot of questions that almost make you think a lot about yourself, things that inner work that I was talking about that people really don't know how to do on their own. So that's what we, that's what we're here for.
0: I was gonna say, like matchmaking and dating coaching almost go hand in hand in that way because when you're matchmaking, you're sort of coaching them and also how you can be a better partner.
2: exactly. exactly. And that's why I love the job. I mean, I definitely feel when you're matchmaking it it feels like you're date coaching too, but there's a little bit more of a transactional, Uh, situation that goes with that. Like we are actually physically, you know, making sure you're going on dates and and meeting people. And I definitely say like the day coaching is something that should go hand in hand. Like, I think that it's definitely something where it's almost like therapy. Um, And a lot of clients describe it as that. It's like date therapy. And that's what we all need therapy. I'm pro therapy. I think that um, it's always great to know more about yourself, how you work, how your mind works and how you come off to other people.
1: What's three day rule? I'm curious.
2: Yes. So Three Day Rule is a boutique matchmaking company. We have uh, satellite offices from New York to California. And like I said, like DC and Philadelphia as well. We have about a team, I would say, of maybe 50 to 60 matchmakers at this current time. All women, uh, which is great. Service like LGBT, people from all different like backgrounds. Clients range from like I think my youngest client was 28 at one point, or 27, and oldest was like 60. So you know, we definitely have a range of backgrounds, and we have a range of you know ages and interests. And and I do, I do notice there tends to be um, a little bit of a theme in terms of because it is an investment, a, ther- a threshold of the amount of people, the types of people um, that do sign up for the service. However, we do have like, you know, a free option in terms of being involved, which is just signing up for the pool. And, you know, we we can always possibly call you for a date as well. So it's a great service. Um, It's led by, you know, great people and everyone who works there loves their job. And I think that that's really important. You don't we're not people who are punching in and punching out of the clock. Mm -hmm. When you work as a matchmaker, you have to be empathetic and you have to actually care about people and love what you do. I would definitely say like, you know, people love the service. And, um, you know, if anyone is interested to check it out, 3dayrule.com. There's a lot more information there.
1: I'm curious though, what is the 3-Day Rule?
2: Oh, what is the 3-Day Rule? So it's actually funny. Every matchmaker has their own version of like what they say the 3-Day Rule is. Some people say, isn't the three-day rule meaning waiting three days to respond to a message, um, making someone wait? And that's actually kind of the, I guess you can say like the social idea of what the three-day rule is. My version of it that I tell my clients is three-day rule, meaning don't wait three days to tell someone that you like them.
0: Mm. I don't
2: I don't believe in that. I, I think that if you like someone, you let them know and you come with the same energy that someone's coming for you. And I think that that's how you find the success in your relationships. Because realistically, um, a lot of people are always trying to play games and have, again, a facade of they don't want to be emotionally invested. But the only way you can find the greatest love of your life is if you're willing to be open and be vulnerable. And you can only do that if you are you know, willing to not wait three days. If you genuinely like someone, ask them out at the end of the first day. Say, I really like you. Let's plan something for next week. You don't have to plan the whole date then and there, but let someone know that you have genuine interests.
0: Hypothetical situation. A guy doesn't respond to you for five days. Could they be waiting? Because you know how friends will be like, oh, um, they haven't responded to me, but I really like him. Like, should I still give him a chance? Because my initial gut reaction would always have been like, like you said, if somebody likes you, they'll respond to you. They're going to be interested in you and therefore giving you the time of day. But Going off of like some people's version of the three-day rule, do you think it could be in some cases that they are waiting to reach out to play hard to get?
2: 100%, 100%. Not everyone has the same idea of what the three-day rule is. I think also a lot of the time people are a little shocked when I described to them what I describe my three-day rule is. So, I mean, and also realistically, there are so many different reasons. Some people are really just busy. Like if you have someone, maybe they work in a profession um, where their schedule is really insane, they may just not be on their phone. And I think that that's just something to to note. Maybe you don't want someone who ha- is so busy where they can't respond to you for a week. But then of course, and there's like the other signs of you know, that person is trying to play hard to get. And I, I think that you should always give someone the benefit of the doubt, but then also again, communicate that you are someone who likes to be, have more touch base. And if they are willing to understand that and that changes, then you're good to go. And if not, then you know that this person is not the, mar- the right match for you, but at least you're kind of vocalizing, this is the way you like to communicate and how often you like to communicate to see if you're on the same page and you're actually a match.
0: I really have wanted to ask you this, but can you give us a spark notes of the breakup therapy? I know there's going to be a book, but I need some spark notes. <laughs> I wanted to ask you that
1: too.
2: <laughs> yes. Um. So the breakup therapy, uh, it's actually really funny because I, I'm surprised that it doesn't, it's not more like known or in terms of like people already having like their own idea of what breakup therapy is. And it's something that I actually just made up. And I made it up because a while ago I got out of a really bad breakup and I was trying to figure out how I personally was going to move forward. And the, I, you know, went to Google the best place in the world. Mm-hmm. And I basically looked up like a top 100 ways, like people get over breakups and I was reading so many articles. And then I was like, wow, like, this is really wild. There is no like, like helpful, like girlfriend type of like, way to help people get over a breakup and this is something that everyone deals with and people break up from marriages they break up from long-term relationships they break up from friendships there's there's a lot there's break, breakups aren't just very black and white like someone you were dating and then they ghosted you like there's so many times, literally like, did an
0: episode last week on friendship breakups so very timely yes exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. And, it, and it all hurts the same you know and, and so I was like I need to create something like this so what I did was I kind of turned my life a little bit into an experiment. So everything that everyone said you should do when you're going through a breakup, I did. And I basically started taking notes on what actually was working, what wasn't working, and then what should also be like added. And then Basically, some of the breakup therapy I like to do a lot, it's a lot of it is inner work and kind of figuring out like, you know, did the breakup was that something that you could have prevented is this something that you know you want to bring on to your next relationship is did you just end up with the wrong person so it's kind of just kind of getting past the whole first part of the mentality of getting past the breakup and then the fun part is all the activities. So the whole book that I'm writing is about all the things that you should physically be doing to get through the breakup. And the whole point of the book is that people think that they're going through these activities to find a new person, but realistically they're building their confidence and hopefully by the end of the book, they're at a place where they're ready to date or they already found someone through some of the activities that I you know, am mentioning in the book. Um, or they're just at that point where they're bringing in that positive energy where that right person will attract them at that time so you know like one of them for example is you know going to um, a coffee shop and making eye contact with a guy that you think is cute for at least like 10 to 15 scary. seconds That's and it's, scary <laughs> it is scary it is scary but the whole point is that you know you're supposed to own the fact that you know that you are you're beautiful that you're worth it and if you like someone like, Don't be afraid, knowing how to go after what you want. Now, people can find that to be a situation that um, makes them feel uncomfortable. But the things that make us feel the most uncomfortable is what brings us growth. And that's the whole point of the book, putting you in these uncomfortable situations to almost kind of shake you back into letting you know, like, hey, you're alive. We we don't know when we're going to die. So it's kind of like put yourself out there, do what you want, say what you want. And if you do that, you're basically manifesting the life that you want and hopefully the man that you want.
0: Oh my God. Quick story. When I was in college, I was an intern and I used to go have to make these like massive coffee runs for the company. And one time I was on one of these massive coffee runs and somebody had left their number for me at the Starbucks. So like the barista handed me this note that had like the person's name and their phone number. And I was so terrified. Like, I did not have the guts to like call them, do anything. I looked them up on Facebook, and then I like determined like was it worth it or not. Didn't like the Facebook, and never reached out.
2: <laughs> but you know what? I'm really. I think that was awesome that he even took that shot. So morning, I mean, I yeah. know that there was like that that social like thing a few years ago. I think it was maybe like six years ago. It, it was like the summer of shooting your shot, and I think that that was a great mentality of that was going through social media. And it was just kind of like, if you want something, go for it. And the worst thing that someone could say is no, or I'm not interested. And a lot of the time you hear a lot of the successful situations being like, I was nervous to talk to her, but you know what? I said, whatever, you know, if she shoots me down, it's fine. And then they end up being together forever. And if no one opens their mouth, you know, yes, you're not, you're not, you're basically not giving yourself opportunity. So it's like basically setting you up for opportunity to get something out of it and that's the whole point of it
1: real life example one of my friends in San Francisco she would work out of this coffee shop and there was always this really cute guy that was there working whenever she was working too like um on his laptop and one day she like worked up the courage to write him a really cute note and leave it at his table while he was like in the bathroom or something and then left and now they're dating and they're going on trips they're going to weddings together they're doing so well Yeah. And it's just inspiring because she, she talked about it. She was like, um, it was really nerve wracking. She's like, I've never done something like that before. And it was really nerve wracking to do, but I'm so glad that I did it.
2: I love that. I love that story. And I, I, there's so many stories like that. And, you know, I also want to put out there as well. It's, it's always great to get out of your comfort zone and, you know, kind of take that shot. But I think it's also important to realize like, you know, keep in mind moving forward in the relationship. Is he also doing things as well? Or, you know, are you always kind of being the person that is taking the initiative to do things? So a lot of people always like to say, I'm the woman, I'm supposed to be pursued. And I think that, you know, that's, that's a little timely. I think that regardless of the man or the woman, you can make the first move. It's just moving forward, make sure that it's always even on both sides.
0: Okay, so before we get into this letter, because I know we have to get into this letter, can you give us quickfire three reasons that people aren't successful in dating?
2: Not emotionally available, not looking for anything serious and not being self-aware enough to know that. Uh, And then I would say the third thing is sometimes too many options and they, again, don't know what they want. So when you have a lot of options, you're always going to try something new until something sticks.
1: Especially in a city like LA, there's way too many options, especially with dating apps. There's so, everyone's just disposable, you know? It's like, ah, eh, if this date doesn't work out, like there's this person or there's that person, like it doesn't really matter. People don't take it that seriously because there's always an option. There's always someone.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's the opinion you have when you're a supermodel. <laughs> anyway, the letter today. <laughs> Ash, you want to read it or you want me to read it? I will go ahead and read it. <laughs> we we are always really mean to each other. It's all out of
1: fun. You guys are like sisters. <laughs> we are.
0: It's a love-hate
1: relationship. Yeah. But I send her a lot of white hearts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dear damsels, I was in a long-term relationship with my partner whom I was living with. He lost his job and basically it became too stressful and we broke up. After a long breakup, I rejoined the dating apps. They were fun, but I always felt like I wanted another boyfriend. I finally met someone who I was seeing for a while, who later became my boyfriend. This past weekend, after drinking too much, he told me that I was too needy and he was emotionally unavailable and broke up with me. I somehow am so heartbroken, even though it wasn't a relationship lasting more than a few months. Is this inner work I need to be doing or because I saw a future with this relationship? How could things have been going well for him to suddenly decide I was too needy? I'm so sad and need advice. Any advice I can get. Sincerely, Hot and Heartbroken.
0: Oh, this feels like a past version of myself. When I was younger, I was a serial dater. And um, I feel like, It wasn't until I built up my own confidence. And part of the questions that I was asking you about confidence are because I used to feel like I was confident when I was dating and that I was comfortable with myself. But I feel like there's a feeling that you really know when you are confident with yourself. And I think I have that feeling now. But when I was really in the dating game, it wasn't something that I had. And I think that I looked for my confidence so much in other people. So I've been dating my boyfriend for six years. But my boyfriend, when we first started dating, really supported that needy side of me so that I was able to have like those couple months of neediness that I had gotten adjusted to. I almost felt like I needed to have that moment of neediness when I entered relationships. But because he supported me through that, we were able to go on to have a good relationship where I was also able to build my own confidence. And I've always thought that that's like a little bit weird that I was able to find confidence in myself in a relationship rather than just on my own. But I think it was a lot because of, I had this idea that I needed a boyfriend to be happy. And I don't think it was until I was in a supported relationship that I realized that I didn't.
2: I think that that goes to saying, A lot of the time, people come in our lives to either teach us a lesson or to help us grow. And it's beautiful that the person that you're with helped you grow as a person. And I think that a lot of people, again, being single doesn't necessarily mean you're not successful. Being in a relationship doesn't necessarily mean you are. It's more so what you want out of life. Are you getting that? And you can want a relationship, and that's great, but you can also find a way to, you know, be self sufficient and be confident and, you know, be also in a loving relationship with someone else and, and share your your space and share you know your your energy and your time it's all about finding the balance of it all so it doesn't shock me that you've actually found your confidence you know with your significant other that means that they're the right person because that's the right person is supposed to make you your best self they're supposed to almost make you feel as though you are enough on your own and i'm just here to fan your flames and that's what I always tell my clients it's like you want someone to fan your flames you don't want someone to like to extinguish you you don't want someone to to make you feel like you you're not enough without them you want someone to say hey you're bad all by yourself and I'm just here and that's what it and that's I feel like it's the support you got and that's why your relationship is still working after six years which is amazing
0: And mom, I hope you're listening to this because last podcast, I got a meme from my mom about how I need to be more grateful for Brian because whatever I said, apparently I was throwing shade at Brian. So she sends me this meme and it's like, make sure that you take what you have for granted because if you don't, it may not be there one day. So I'm like imagining my mom, like putting into Google, like meme about gratitude for your (laughs) significant other. So there you go, mom there. I'm being grateful.
1: Or she paid someone
0: to make that meme. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe add like, then they may not be there. Oh, that's a good, (laughs) add that. (laughs) But yeah, so this, this person writing, as I said, I just saw a past version of myself and it just makes me sad because I feel like you're not happy with you. And I think there's something to be said that, you know, you were in a healthy relationship and now you're bouncing to this. And, you know, I don't know exactly what the, a long break. So she had a long break, but I wonder how much inner work they did on that long break, because it does feel like you're looking for something in this relationship that only you can give to you.
2: That's a good point. I also think that you know her already assuming that it's something that she needs to work on i think that we all know when things are are right and things aren't right within ourselves and i think that we make the active choice to either ignore it or we fix it and we work yeah. on it so i also do think that there's a confidence issue there because there are people who tend to just again i mentioned before They're not needy they just are people who tend to have a different attachment style and i think if she was confident enough and owned her attachment style then she would know that this is actually not an issue with her and it's just the wrong partner who has Mm -hmm. a different attachment style so i think that there is some self-work that needs to be done there and i think that that self-work is being okay with how you are and how you come across in relationships and knowing how to not attract yourself to people who are looking for something that's opposite. I also think at the same time though, it is important to realize that people do have boundaries and maybe if she starts to figure out what her personal boundaries are, then she wouldn't be so needy, I guess, as she would, you know, like to say in the letter.
1: I think it's a lot of self-love that needs to be worked on as well because to be a needy person, you know, you're not getting, like you said, Lauren, like you're not giving yourself what you need and that can only come from you. It can't come from someone else, like happiness, you know, like you can't, happiness only comes from within and it doesn't come from another person and it doesn't come from another experience or anything else, but whatever's within you. And that's what she's missing is self-love. And I think she definitely needs to take time because it might not be, just a needy thing. It really could just be someone who's super insecure and needs to work on their self-love.
0: I love that point about how you know when there's something that you need to work on. Because I think that's so true. And I think that a lot of us have trouble admitting that there's something that we need to work on. And sometimes it's the thing that we're the most defensive about or like something that we recognize that really bothers us and other people that we're not really willing to admit in ourselves. So I love that you said that because I do feel like we sometimes have these inklings, like I shouldn't say that, or this makes me feel icky when I do this. I really love writing those things down. Like when I notice myself doing something and then like thinking about it and thinking about where that's coming from and why am I doing that? When you can understand the root of something, I think it's so much easier to stop it. Hmm.
2: I also think that, um, you know, there's always a saying, like if someone is lost or they're trying to find themselves, you know, where's the easiest place to hide? And it's, in a new relationship. So it almost feels like, she done that. You exactly. You know, it's like, I don't know who I am. So let me try to be with someone else. And hopefully they can tell me who I am. And it's like, again, self-work and it always comes back to that. And that's the most, that's like, I think that's the scariest thing for people because a lot of people, they're scared of what they're going to find or what they're going to realize about themselves. And then they actually have to take, you know, they have to actually realize like, you know, Hey, I have to work on this. They have to um take the work and almost own it and to own things about yourself that you know you have to work on it takes a certain level of awareness and energy to to, yeah. to do to work on actively every single day because once you start to be self-aware it's just a roll from there like you're self-aware with how you come across at your job and how you are with your career and your family and your friends and your friendships and, and it's a lot and then you start to think, well, this is another thing I have to work on. But it does, in the long run, make you a happier person.
1: And I want to point out, she um, she said, I somehow am so heartbroken, even though it was a relationship that didn't last more than a few months. It's okay to be heartbroken. I've been heartbroken over someone who I met over a weekend, you know, and it didn't work out. Like, a few months is still a significant portion of your year and of your life, and you know, to give someone so much in a few months, like, that's a good thing that you know how to like that you're a loving person, and you have a lot of love to give, like, nothing about her is at fault, she just needs to take that love and put it in words and give it to herself as well.
2: I think that that's a really good point. I think um, allowing yourself the space to be sad over things. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the time, we say, you know, if you break up with someone and you don't know them as well, or if they ghosted you and you weren't actually official, you're not supposed to be heartbroken. You're not supposed to feel this way. And I don't think that that, I don't think that that makes any sense. I think that we all have our own emotions and I think we should allow ourselves the the space to feel how we feel, because that's the only way we can, you know, be more self-aware and move forward from those feelings as well. So I definitely think that, You know, she said, I'm somehow so heartbroken. If that's how you feel, then, you know, be heartbroken so that you can get past it. And it also shows that she's vulnerable, like you said. And that's what it's all about, finding your partner. You have to be vulnerable and you have to be willing to get back out there and fall in love multiple times. And then just know that it may not always work out. But each time you try, there's a possibility of it actually working out.
0: And I really actually think that this person is going to start making progress in their life now because you're starting to ask us the question and you're starting to ask yourself the question if there's work that you need to be doing, which tells me that you're starting to think about it. Um, And I know that you did take that long break, but I think that now you're really starting to look within and see what's going on there. And I think that really tells me that this could be a breakthrough for you and this breakup could actually be the best thing that's happened to you.
2: I think that her even taking the time to write the letter, that definitely shows that she is on her way. You know, step yeah. one is complete. We all know when something's just not quite right within ourselves. And I'm I'm happy that she took this first step to even yeah. get, try to get advice.
0: Well, Anika, you have been such a pleasure. Is there anything else that you would like to add?
2: Um, The only thing I would like to add is um, I'm really excited for my book to come out. The Anticipated Bump is June 2022. Um, so I will of course be posting updates about that, you know, when it comes out next year on my Instagram. Um, hopefully I can do a little bit of like a press tour, come back, talk about the book yes, and talk about back. some of the actual activities, um, that I have in the workbook. And, um, other than that, if anyone is ever looking for, you know, any dating advice or just looking for dates in their area, if you live in any of the major cities in the United States, um, feel free to get all that information at asknika.com. Um, And other than that, you can also follow me on Instagram and watch some really cool uh, travel stories.
0: And what was the Instagram handle so people can find you?
2: Uh, Instagram handle is at Nico Rashawn.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much. This has honestly been, I feel like so useful, even for people who are in relationships to really think about what you can be doing as a person to be a better friend, a better partner. So thank you so, so much.
2: I love your podcast. I love what you guys are doing and, Again, you know, it's everyone falls in love. Everyone gets their heart broken. You know, we're we're all human. We all have emotions. And it's nice to have a platform where you can kind of help guide people through that. So I love what you guys are doing and I'm so happy that I chatted with you guys today.
0: All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time, it's going down in the DMs. Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Oh, please, yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.